Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. I heard you on the radio. Okay. And you're talking about the prophetic and stuff, and that's I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna reach out. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, when you when I get the when I got the question, I'm like, I have so many encounters with God. It's like normal life, mm-hmm. and I've seen Him with my eyes. One, two, three. I saw Him in person in a church once. That was really wild. Then I saw Him with my eyes right before my daughter's funeral, and I saw Him with my eyes when I was going under major persecution. So I've seen Him three times. It, with my actual eyes and then in the spirit you know you see them all the time yeah so there's no way i mean there's so many but i've done all this a long time so <laughs> hanging yeah. out with god for a long time i'd uh it took me about 20 years to write my first encounter with the risen lord okay in las vegas that I, I was in yeah 20 years but um yeah, yeah. i love it so we'll see what the spirit yeah. wants, see what happens. wants to say so um i'll so we're good to go. The levels look good. So uh, I'm here with Cindy Foster, and uh, you know it's a pleasure. It's an honor to have you here. Well, thank you for inviting me. So um, I'd like you to let us know, how did God call you into the ministry? I was probably about 12 years old, and um, I wasn't brought up in a family. I, brought, I was brought up in a family that went to church on Sundays and not a born-again experience at all. Um, it's a denomination that pretty much you know you go in and have about a 15 minute sermon and a little program and go home and um but even as a young child um I got saved I guess really I was watching Jim and Tammy Baker's children program over at um over at my um grandmother's house and I actually accepted the Lord as a, as a young child probably seven or something and it really changed me and so I've never really can tell you what it's like not to be saved but when I was about 12 years old, I had um, I was I was awakened at the night. By now, I know it was the Holy Spirit in the room. At the time, I didn't know. And um, and uh, and this, it's funny how you could be 12 years old and not make a gigantic big deal of something like this happening. But the presence of God came really strong. Now that I know what it is, and the Lord just spoke to me and said, um, "I'm calling you into ministry." And I remember thinking. As a 12-year-old kid who never knew anything about women being able to be in ministry, the only thing I could think of is a minister had to be a, a woman had to be a nun. And I thought, and I remember telling God during that encounter, this is pretty funny, um, but during that encounter I remember telling God, um, I can't because I want to have children one day. Mm. And, um, and that was the end of the encounter. And I actually believe that was part of what set up the enemy able to attack my oldest daughter and, and her die later on because of it was an idol to say no to God not that you know God's so merciful and everything and people have to get the book joy comes in the morning or go on our um you can go on the YouTube channel it's Cindy Foster dash beauty for ashes ministries and there's a really powerful um two-part series called um the spiritual side of tragedy Mm -hmm. and I really share how the enemy set that whole thing up and the faithfulness of God to try to prevent it and you know where I missed it but at the same time um you know what God has done in all that even now we have a 
orphanage that uh, is now a children's home in India with all these little children and and, um, named after my daughter, Lauren Elizabeth um, Memorial Children's Home. And um, just amazing things. God God will always outdo whatever we give to him. He's going to turn it to something awesome. Yeah. Well, that Bible verse, all things work out to good to those who love, love God, God and called to His purpose. That has always spoken to me because you know I've suffered tragedy in my life, and one of my older brothers had committed suicide, mm-hmm. drug-induced. I was there six months before all this had happened. You know where he rededicated his life to Christ, was God. rebaptized. So there's that hope, and there's that you know heavenly encounter, but yet the mental illness was crept in and he was tormented and then I'd gone through combat as a marine and was diagnosed post-traumatic stress disorder but I've been supernaturally healed and that was a long process but then there's uh, also some instantaneous healings that I was healed supernaturally from and now I'm turning around helping others how did God form and heal you to do what he is what he has you doing now in ministry okay well I guess the Lord put the call on my life, and then, you know, I was just a mediocre Christian, to be honest, until my husband and I got married and went in college, and then um, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I was 26, and I don't know, all of a sudden I got really extremely hungry to know God, and so I really began, um, I went I went back to church, and my husband and I went back to church, and um and I just really started going after God. And, and one night, after my daughter was born, um, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what it was, but I started reading the the Bible, and I just decided I'm going to believe it. I don't. It's all such grace. I mean, it's amazing how much at the time we think it may be us, but how much it's really grace when you look back over everything. So in that season where God was really calling me and beginning to prepare me. Um, uh, I read, I was in a church that absolutely didn't believe in the Holy Spirit, much less the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I remember I read in the book of Acts about, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and I remember I placed my hand on it and I said, Lord, if this, if I don't have this, I want it. And um, a few weeks later, nothing happened right then, but a few ma- weeks later, I was putting together um, for the, our church at that time, uh, like I said, a denominational church, I was putting together um the angel trees or something like that for the uh, prison for the children um, whose parents are in prison and so while I I was in the um, toy store a little before Christmas I just began to um, weep because all I could think of is it's not the toys that they need they need their parents and their parents need Jesus and by the time I got up to the register I was crying so hard and so I got in my car and I was still weeping and all of a sudden I began to speak in tongues you know I mean just coming flowing out of me I had no idea what it was. I, I, I had no idea what was going on. It was really funny because I remember trying to stop it. So I turned on the radio to Christmas music and I tried to sing and it would go back. And, um, and so I got home and I just know I felt really close to God, but I had never had any teaching on any of this. So anyway, so I went in the house. Once it stopped, it took about 45 minutes before it stopped because I thought my husband, who's an engineer, I'm thinking, yeah, he's not going to get this. <laughs> not that, not yet. So I went in and, and I opened the scriptures and I went right to the teachings on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that just began this whole, now I thought that was being born again, which is wild. So I thought, oh, we've got to find a born again church. Lo and behold, so we go to a born again church and 
I didn't know that was being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which my born-again church didn't believe in. So that's another whole story. But So the Lord just took me on this journey, um, uh, line upon line, precept to precept. You know, He just really kept drawing us closer. And then when my daughter, um, and I was already in this journey, I was already teaching, um, starting to teach Bible studies, that kind of thing. And, um, and then when my daughter's uh, accident happened, um, a tree branch fell and, and went right through her head in front of me. So, And that's in my book, Joy Comes in the Morning. And the newest edition of that, and the easiest one to get is on, is on um, Amazon under Kindle Books. Mm-hmm. So I encourage people to go there to get it. We have some still of the last edition at our office at beautyforashes.org. You can find that information. But... Um, I never thought anything like that could happen. And at that point, I was really strong in the faith movement. I mean, I was really listening to all the faith teachers. Um, I would have said I, I was a faith teacher. I was on the radio as a faith teacher. And um, and so, um, and I still believe that the faith movement is of God. I just believe everything gets stuck in a ditch if we don't keep going deeper and deeper in God. And people like to find the place they feel comfortable. Well, the minute you feel comfortable, you're missing it. Amen? You know, there's so much more. There's so much more. So so when my daughter uh, died right in front of me, um, I couldn't believe it. Because like I said, I never feared that. I never spoke that. All those kind of things. And um, so I couldn't believe it was happening to me. And um, like I said, I, I don't really want to get into all that right now. I really encourage people to go to um, um, the YouTube page, yeah. uh, The Spiritual Side of Tragedy, Cindy Foster, Beauty Fragile Ministries, The Spiritual Side of Tragedy, because I go detail for detail in over an hour of how the Lord tried to prevent it, how I missed Him, the greed that was in my heart that set me up. Just amazing. Um, step by step, the Lord revealed to me what happened. And that just started me on this whole journey after that. I was like, okay, Lord. I want to know your ways. Holy Spirit, teach me. I, I don't care what anybody else's book says anymore. I just want to know what your word says. I want you to teach me. And boy, he took me on this journey. I'm getting, I get revelation. I have hundreds of hours of teaching, hundreds of hours of teaching. And, and, um, and it hasn't been my season yet, but I know it's about to be. I mean, we have a ministry. We have an international ministry. We minister to pastors. I just got back from the Philippines where we ministered about 200 pastors. I'm getting ready to go to Uganda where we'll minister probably about 75 pastors along with crusades and that kind of thing. And um, and then we have um, a place in India where we actually bring the Indian pastor and we train him up. Um, and then we send him. Because my, my personal thinking is why go if they don't speak the language? Mm. And especially if it's a... Um, pretty man culture in the parts yeah. of India we go to. So why not just train up people and, and put them yeah. there and help finance that? So that's kind of what we do in India, although we did the, we do go every now and then and, and for the orphanage and things like that, the children's home. But anyway, and none of this was my dream, okay? This is his dream. I, I was like, I've never thought of any of this. I went to school to be um, at business and uh, my husband married me thinking I was going to be a millionaire because he knew the way she thinks really fast in business. And, um, and then the Lord called me. And so, um, believe me, I'm not a millionaire. Um, the ministry does pretty, pretty well. God's blessed us. Yeah. You know, we're small, but everything goes to them, to, not to salaries. It really goes to the nations and goes to the radio and, and doing his will. But, um, but who, that's what it's all about, you know. And so, anyway, so God's just brought me through all that. I, you were talking about, um, you know, um, encounters with God. Well, one of the greatest encounters I've ever had um, was right before my daughter's funeral. And this is in the book. 
right before her funeral, um, it's so horrible to lose a child and if you lost a brother. It's one thing to lose a parent or someone who's older in age and you kind of transition into that and it's still difficult. Um, I haven't lost a parent yet, but I would believe it would be difficult. But when something's stolen from you, yeah. you know, blatantly stolen from you, um, the enemy comes in to really destroy you. And so um, I remember uh, the night that my, talk about encounters, the night that my daughter died that very night I um I felt really led of the Holy Spirit now I know it was grace but I went in into her room and I began to thank the Lord like I made myself thank him thank you that you're real thank you my daughter's with you thank you I'll see you again thank you you're going to get us through this and in that process of thanking him my spirit just rose up and I began to worship and sing and worship Mm. and then all of a sudden the sorrow was gone and I thought, how could that be gone so fast? Because you'll know this from your brother. It's like it's like an ache inside of you that's so unfair. It's it's really very spiritual. And it's like it can never be right again. Right. And so that was instantly gone. And the Lord then took me to Scripture. It says, you shall obtain joy and sorrow shall flee. And that was my first revelation that sorrow is a spirit. And I really opened my eyes like, oh, my gosh, there really is a spirit realm that's much greater than anything I've learned, even in this born-again church, you know. And, Lord, I want to understand you and all your ways. So he carried the sorrow and the grief, and he really did. He took it. It was gone. I've never had it. It's been, oh, my gosh. She died in 1992, so whatever the math is on that. And um, and people have watched and watched for the longest time. And I understand that because God was doing something with His grace to prepare me to prepare, really, I think, the church for some of the things that are going to hit in these last days. We've got to have a grace like Stephen walked in. You know, Stephen was the first martyr in the new in the new uh, in the new church, and what God was doing um, after his death. Stephen was the first, at least, recorded martyr. And to, to study that and see Stephen so full of the glory of God that when he looked up, he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father to where he didn't even feel the pain and all he could do was forgive them. Yeah. We need to get into that kind of grace. We need to understand the mentality of and the realization of what the early believers really lived, not this let's try to use faith you know, to have money and cars and, and this kind of thing. God never intended faith to be the, our Savior. He's our Savior. He intended for us to be transformed into his likeness and his image and to move into the kingdom you know seek first the kingdom of god if you seek first the kingdom of god he will take care of your finances he'll take care of your health he'll take care of your family household salvation if you seek first his kingdom and being right where he wants you to be his actual righteousness then he takes care of the the worldly stuff for you and most of the church takes the things of the word of god and the the things god's given us and they use it to try to take care of self and so the church is so anemic because of that and so weak because of that. But when my daughter died, it was the first thing, the first time in my life that I couldn't handle it. Like I knew I can't do this. I knew I can't do this. Even with her body laying right in front of me on the ground, I remember thinking, I can't do this. And, and there came this knowing, um, if God doesn't do this, I'm not going to make it. And, and I gave this complete yieldedness. I don't like to use the word surrender because if you surrender, you lose. If I yield, then I win. And so the word surrender is not really in the scriptures either, not, not concerning salvation. It's almost like, okay, God, you win. No, people, we win. He's already, he's already won. Amen? Yeah. And so I yielded completely to the Holy Spirit. It was like all 
self-effort, self-control, trying to handle this, I finally hit something in my life that I couldn't handle. And then for the Lord to teach me why and how it happened, all before her body was removed from the yard was, was miraculous. And that's like I said in the book. The book just touches on that The because um, it's a little deep for that book. But the spiritual side um, of tragedy, I really go into detail about how that was the enemy set me up and everything. Because I think if we all really would go a little deeper in God and the heart of God and the ways of God and seek first his kingdom, we'd begin to understand these things. You know, we'd be able to have such authority. And um, so, and uh, oh my goodness, I, I've, I'm not boasting, it's not me, it's in him. Right. But I literally was in that typhoon in the Philippines a few years ago that was the largest in recorded history. Yeah. I was right on the island it was supposed to come up on. And um, so what do you do? I mean, the, they're not flying anybody out. This island had been hit by an um, earthquake not just recently. Actually, um, the CBN had their little tents and stuff around. And so we just hear about this typhoon, and um, so we pray. And uh, and uh, what else? The Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, we'll get 12 people praying back in the States. So I called my um, one of the people on staff, and I'm like, hey, we need 12 people praying. And they're like, hey, I just started a Bible study, and um, it was night, and we've got exactly 12 people here. And the Lord said, no, that's it. You don't have to do anything else. And so I'm sitting there, and this typhoon is just raging out there. And the Lord says, um, go tell the camera crew, because the hotel we were in was where all the camera crew was, um, to record this thing. And they said, go tell the camera crew nothing's going to happen here. Hmm. So I walk out there, and I'm like, hey, you know, God told me to tell you there's not you can put your cameras away. They're like, lady, you're crazy, you're crazy. You know, because th- they've got all the weather reports. This thing is raging out there. It's just crazy. And... Um, so I kept seeking the Lord, like, Lord, show me. Because I've turned to other typhoons led by the Holy Spirit. And he always gives me a specific word. That's what people miss. It's not a formula. It is hearing and hearing from God himself that lines up with his word. Yeah. And so I'm like, Lord, you have to give me something. And he gave me the scripture. It wouldn't have been my choice. Um, but we don't get to choose. And it's um, a thousand will go to your left, fall to your left, 10,000 to your right, but it will not come near you. Well, that's exactly what happened. For some reason, nobody can explain to this day, our little island, instead of the typhoon coming up on our island, it this thing was going over 200 miles an hour. It came up on the island beside us where you could actually see that island from our island. Wow. Not from the exact spot I was, but from where I was the day before. That's where 1,000 people died as a tsunami-type wave took them right out to sea. By morning, um, they had recorded 10,000 had died. Now, I don't know what the final numbers are, but it's somewhere in that category. And it shook us up. We sat outside for the whole typhoon under a um, on a porch, and we just had wind and a little rain. It got up to maybe 60-mile gusts. I mean, the worst thing we had to fear was a coconut hitting us in the head. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, Lord, what have you done? And somehow that little island was spared. All the other islands around us were not spared. And, um, I mean, he's amazing, but he needs a people who hear him, who walk with him, who obey him. And so that's, I guess you could call that a God encounter. Yeah. I mean, there's, oh, I didn't tell you my best encounter, which I got off. So the most powerful encounter I've ever had was right before my daughter's funeral. It was the night before her funeral. And this is years ago, so we had Walkmans, you know, not, oh, yeah. not um, whatever they call those things you stick in yours. Ear pods. Ear pods, yeah, that's the new thing now. So I, um, I remember I got up and I couldn't sleep, and I was going to be sh- uh, sharing at the funeral. And um, about how awesome the Lord is, and I wanted everybody saved. 
And um, so I saw, all of a sudden, I laid down on my couch, and this music from this Walkman just sounded beyond the earth. It was like so heavenly. It was so powerful. And I can't describe it. I just know I saw um, a window appear on my ceiling, which now I know means that I was seen into heaven, not yeah. going into heaven. And all of a sudden, I saw my daughter. She was full of life. She had, it's funny, on, here she had kind of, she was born with blonde hair, but it turned brown. And it was kind of straight, and like her mother's really straight hair. And all she ever wanted was curly, wavy, blonde hair. And in heaven, I'm not saying we all get what we want, but that's what she had. Wow. So she had this wavy blonde hair. And if I was making this up in imagination, I would have made her look like what she looked like when she was here. But I saw her, and she was dressed in this beautiful gown, and she was just dancing and so full of life. And I was like, caught in ecstasy. Honestly, I could hardly breathe. I was just like, oh, my gosh. And she couldn't see me. And then I saw the Lord walk out. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say the Baptist. Some people have this wrong when they say he's, he's nothing to look at. The truth is he's... When he was on the earth in a human body, he looked just like the rest of us. But in his glorified body, oh my goodness, Lord, glorious. So I was like, you're so taken by him. And people say, what color are his eyes? It's like looking at pure love. I can't even explain it and the glow around him. So he picks my daughter up. And then there's people all over cheering. It's a little bit of family who had gone before my daughter. And, and, he's, and it's like this gigantic party. Like, look who's here. Look who's here. And he's, he's um, walking around with her. And, and then he, she, he turns her towards me. And she looks down and she says, Mommy, thank you for giving me to Jesus. And so I tell everybody, I, I, t- I told the Lord, I'm going to spend the rest of my life going wherever you want me to go to tell people how real you are. And I've been to Russia, Uganda, India, the Philippines. I'm raising a pastor, Lord Jesus, in our ministry to raise up pastors in these areas and get people really connected to the headship of Jesus Christ. It's more than I ever, ever thought. You know, when he says he'll take what was meant for evil and turn it to good, he'll give you beauty for ashes. And he gave me the name of our ministry when Reinhard Bonnke prayed for me once. And, um, and so from that day, he said, go get your business cards. And so I said, Lord, I'm not in ministry because you are now. You know, who's ordained you? His name is Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And, and what's your qualifications? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, the Holy Spirit is the qualification. And I've seen, um, uh, we have a little girl at our church now, and she was dead in the mom's womb. They couldn't find her. Totally dead. The mom had had miscarried after miscarried. She came to our church because she was tired of miscarrying babies. And she goes, I'm going to go. I've heard, you know, she heard me on the radio. And, um, and she goes, I'm going to go to that church, and I'm going to learn how to have faith. And so when she uh, came in, um, just weeping one night, and um, she walked in, and they had, she'd been at the hospital all day, and they couldn't, the baby was gone. They could not find it, no heartbeat, nothing. And she was just um, weeping. They wanted to do whatever it is where they take everything out for her safety, and she refused. She goes, not till I go to church and get prayer. And as she's walking up on a Friday night, it was just a small group on her Friday nights, um, you know, I'm like, Lord, what do we do? And all of a sudden, I had a, the old-fashioned microphones, not the headphones. And I started tapping on it. It sounded just like a heartbeat. And the Lord had me prophesy, He's putting the heartbeat back in the baby, and the babies in the womb go back to the doctors. Well, she fought. All, the doctors wouldn't even let her come back until a week because they knew she was going to get rid of all this or they were going to have to take it out. So that week, she really did fight, you know, because the enemy was attacking that miracle. But guess what? The little girl, whose name is Lauren, 
is uh, seven years old now. Amen. And running around the church and just a wild child. <laughs> Very prophetic. So, um, and that was just one. We've had a couple other situations where moms came in and the babies were dead in the womb. And we prayed for them. I had one lady years ago and I prayed for her. Her baby was dead in the womb and they were going in the next day to take it out. And, and I prayed for it, not really believe, not thinking, just it was her faith. And um, I didn't hear anything about it, so I'm thinking, oh, the baby must have died. And I'm talking about a few years ago. She comes in, and she has like a six- or seven-year-old child with her. And she says, do you remember when you prayed that? And I said, yeah, I never heard anything. She goes, this, this son, that's the one. So, you know, he's so amazing. And, and I've seen other uh, dead man on the beach the Lord told me to go pray and powerfully, and he was he's he's raised up. Wow. So, you know, in America, these are in America. Whoa. So anyway, um, you're taking me down memory lane yeah. uh, because I mentioned to you before we started recording about it took me 20 years to write about my encounter with the risen Lord. It was published on Charisma and a few other places as um, the glory of Jesus in Las Vegas. Okay. You know. Uh, because once you see him, your life changes. Everything changes. Right. I was even delivered from an addiction to drugs. Uh, I've been clean and sober for probably nine months at that point, but mm-hmm. I still had that craving. But right. instantaneously, that desire was taken away from me. Looking in his loving, powerful, fiery eyes. He's, he's so real. Lord. He's just so real. But while you're talking, there's an eight-foot-tall warrior angel behind you. I can you. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is exciting. Uh, and you're, you're talking about prophesying. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that Adventures in the Spirit encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. Subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust and rely on. With one click, you and your team can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply quickly with suggestions based on your context and goals. More than 30 million people rely on Grammarly to help them with their writing today. From important emails to send, cover letters to submit, or presentations to finalize, you'll be amazed at what you can do with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast.